Welcome to The Unicorn Entrepreneur, the podcast that teaches women entrepreneurs how to create a business that earns more money. I'm Felicia Allison Bunbury-Brown, attorney, wife, French bulldog mom, beach bum, and owner of a multiple six-figure business. And I'm excited to teach you how to become a unicorn entrepreneur. This podcast is for you if you have a business or want to start a business and want to learn the tricks and tools to get your first client, your first six figures, and so much more than that. If you want more money and more satisfaction, you're in the right place. Pull up your seat. Let's go get them, unicorns. Former prosecutor and award-winning entrepreneur and founder of Outsource Easier, Dina Einsberg is a hiring and delegation unicorn. Dina provides easy management tips to entrepreneurs to boost their revenue and retention. She's a brilliant problem solver, guys, who has spent her career arming people with the knowledge to transfer their businesses. I'm so happy she's here on the podcast to dig in on hiring, firing, and outsourcing, and delegation, and so much more. Here is Dina Einsberg. Welcome to the Unicorn Entrepreneur. I'm so excited to have my guest, Dina, today. We're going to be talking about hiring unicorn employees. We're going to be talking about delegating and outsourcing and all her fabulousness and why she's a unicorn delegation queen. Welcome, Dina. How are you? Oh, Felicia, I I have to say I'm beyond excited to talk with you because, one, I just know it's going to be a fire conversation and people are going to be so turned on, they might not even make it to the end before they start doing something good. <laughs> I know, you know, our energy just like mm. feeds off each other. And it's almost like Nina and I are like business besties. Like we've known each other for 20 years. I just, She's amazing. She's just full of Indeed. good energy and knowledge. So I'm going to just ask you, I know you have a delegation outsourcing company, but you're an attorney, a former prosecutor. You just have such an interesting background and so many areas of expertise that I think that our audience would just love to know. Can you just walk us through your background and how you came to own your outsourcing company? Of course. I love to talk about my patchwork quilt. And I call it that because if you look from the outside, you see all these kind of disparate pieces and you're like, huh? How does that fit with that? I would not have uh, no, It just doesn't work. But when you think about it from a different perspective, the way I do, it all makes sense. So my purpose in life is to give people power through knowledge. So every role that I've ever held has aligned with that purpose. So first I was a prosecutor of the Board of Medicine and really my clients were women who had been sexually abused by their physicians, which nobody ever believes, but people, it is a thing and much more common (laughs) than you would dream. So I did that for five years and really I loved the women because they were just so noble and brave, but the work is really stressful and I just needed to be doing something else for my own mental health. So I went from doing that to being a mediator, and I loved it. It was absolutely the right combination of all my skills as a lawyer, discernment, analysis, combined with my personality, which is really someone who is a nurturer and empowering and likes to help other people, you know, live a better life. So mediation was a a great transition. Um, I mediated law firm disputes for a long time and then became an ombudsman because I was working with large corporations like Bank of America, and they invited me to come in. And, you know, people are like, what heck, what is an ombudsman? Well, it, it's a neutral, impartial third party that helps an organization be its best self. My 10-year-old used to say, and I still love this, it's the best description ever. He used to say, my mom is a mom for grown-ups. When they don't know what to do or they are in trouble, they call my mom and she figures it out for them. And yeah. I, I, that's so true, right? That is all so through, true. All three things that you said so far, you are empowering people with knowledge, whether that's you being a prosecutor for women who were sexually followed by the doctors, whether that's a mediator of law firms, or whether that's being an ombudsman. Is that how you say it? Ombudsman. You know, we just. Ombudsman. Ombuddy is a good way to say it. Ombuddy and you know, basically a mom for adults. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Basically. So then okay. how did I get to delegation? Well, I have to tell you, it was a little bit of a, a personal tragedy. 
So I was running a six-figure business. Uh, my husband at the time was running a million-dollar business. And because I'd come from a corporate background at Bank of America and I'd always had a team, after my executive assistant opened my eyes to the powers of delegation, I always had a team. And so I would try to convince him, like, you know, why don't you hire someone to help you out? You know, it'll be easier if you bring someone in to, so you don't have to work so hard. And he just resisted. He said all the things I hear business owners say, which is, mm-hmm. why would I spend money on doing something that I could do myself? You know, why would I go out and train my competition? Mm-hmm. And it's just faster for me to do it myself. And I know somebody in, who's listening has said all those things. Okay. Right. Maybe so he had the wealth and knowledge as a wife and he wanted to do his own thing. Okay. Yeah. So how'd that work out? <laughs> you, you know how that worked out for him. So one night we're sleeping in bed, middle of the night, and he sneezes. And actually he holds in the sneeze. So what that means is that a sneeze is about like getting hit by a car at 40 miles an hour when you hold it in. And really? so it is. It's actually not good for you to do it. You need to sneeze. Um, and so that pressure ruptured two discs in his back. We're rushing to the hospital in the middle of the night because, thank God, we only live five minutes away from a major hospital. We get there, and, you know, they admit him right away. And I kind of noticed, because I had this background in medicine from my law career, certain things that were happening that shouldn't have been happening. So I reach out, and I tap the doctor, and I point out my observations. And she's like, oh, we need to operate in the next 90 minutes or he's going to be paralyzed for life. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So so I'm like, okay. And you know how I I knew I should let her do it? At 3.30 in the morning, she was wearing high heels, stockings, and a totally coordinated outfit. I'm like, yes, you can. Oh, she's a badass. She's my friend. Okay. (laughs) So you can definitely do the operation. Uh, And so he goes in and he comes out. And when he comes out, thank heavens, she's been able to fix the problem. But she tells me it's going to be a two-year recovery period. He has to learn how to walk again, use the bathroom, just like a toddler, whole nine. And so meanwhile, his clients are calling. They're like, hey, where's my XYZ? Where's my ABC? I'm like, I, I don't run this company. I, <laughs> I can't no help you. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when I learned what happens when you fail to delegate. It's self-sabotage, you put yourself at risk. You put your family at risk because, you know, I had to stop what I was doing to take care of him like any wife should. Now, my business. That means your business was suffering and his business was suffering. Is no, that what my was business happening? Was fine because I, I still had teams. So oh, oh, I had oh. folks <laughs> cover me so that I could be the good wife and just focus on him. Uh Right. But that was a lesson I didn't want people to learn. And the end result of that is he lost his business and he lost his wife. We got divorced because it was clear to me he did not put his, you know, responsibilities in the right order. He didn't cover you. And also he didn't take wise counsel. Mm -mm. Um, Let's park here for a second. What is that about mindset wise? That's ego, isn't it? And I feel like a lot of business owners, we don't want to call it thing a thing. But this idea that only you can do something and you don't want to delegate and control. Mm-hmm. You want to speak on that a little bit? Because this is the area that you live in. It is the area. And I see it all the time in business owners. It's like, I'm the special snowflake. It could not be anybody else. <laughs> Here's the thing. That is so untrue. All businesses run on the same systems. Every business has to have a way to make money, has to have a way to serve clients, um, has to have a way to be efficient. So what you do might be unique, but how your business runs is not. And so, you know, I point to people like Andy Warhol, right? Mm -hmm. Fabulous artist. Well, guess what? He didn't do all the painting himself. He had labs. He had other people who understood his aesthetic and his brand and could paint to that. Same thing with fashion designer Tom Ford. Right. You're not out there at the sewing machine sewing every single piece of clothing that comes out. He has other designers who understand his aesthetic, who know the brand, who knows what they're looking for. Same thing with your business. It does not have to be you. And in fact, if you are holding all that knowledge in your head, you are threatening your business because God forbid you get hit by a bus tomorrow. It's all gone. So you need to be 
you know, downloading that information, that vital experience in a way that other people can tap and use to your benefit. It doesn't have to, and it should not be you doing everything. Absolutely. And there's a difference between having a hobby or having a job and having a mm-hmm. business. The first time I was able to see the distinction is when I went on vacations after I have a virtual law firm, as my audience knows. And I went on vacation. And when I came back, I decided on the vacation, I did not, I was not going to be in communication. I was going to be check, checking email. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I had two new retainers. Everything was like a well-oiled machine versus when cut to a year prior to that, I had to take a couple of days off because I wasn't feeling well and everything was in shambles. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the difference? The difference is having a team mm-hmm. and also having a process. And, yes. and there's no easy way down, right? You can't abdicate no. making the process. Um, no. And some people, you know, we can get into that a little bit later, but some people want to abdicate that and you can't. It's just, that's the thing that you have to implement. You can't hire a CEO to do it. You can't hire a business coach. Now, the business coach will give you the tools. You have but to you still implement. have to do the work. You have you to implement. So yeah. I want to, what I want to talk a little bit now about is hiring because yeah. you're talking about delegating and outsourcing so if i'm a brand new entrepreneur or i'm starting i'm thinking about starting a business i'm going to start a business but i mm-hmm. have a lot of life happening you know i have mm-hmm. a husband and i have the kids and the dogs and a sick you know elderly parent what is your viewpoint in hiring when you have a small budget or you're not sure what you can uh, afford yep Yep. I love that question because I get it all the time. People are like, well, can I afford to do it? And I'm like, well, can you afford the alternatives? So, you know, let's just talk about it. If you're just starting out in your business, you have a choice. You can either do it all yourself and that's going to take time and energy because you have to learn every little bit yourself. You won't always know if you've gotten it right. You'll be winging it. And that's a lot of stress on top of the fact that you need to, you know, generate clients and serve them. It's so much easier if In some areas of your business, you hire someone earlier on who has that experience and background who can set you up for success. So a good example of that is um, a bookkeeper or an accountant, right? In the beginning, it feels prudent. It feels wonderful to, you know, jump onto QuickBooks and do your own. Um, But here's the thing. When you get really busy, are you going to remember to reconcile every week or to add that extra stuff? No. And if you don't like numbers, like many lawyers I know, it's not your thing anyway. So you will let that go by the wayside. That's why you need to have that team, that bookkeeper who's like, oh, yeah, okay, we've got you set up online. Your mint is set up. We're connected to your Stripe. We can actually download all your information and we're just checking with you to make sure it's right. Then, you know, it's consistently done. It's done correctly and it's off your brain, outside your bandwidth. So for some things, when you're just starting out, you definitely want to get that bookkeeper and accountant. You definitely want to make sure you have your legal team in place, right? That's nothing to play around with. And your lawyer actually can do more for you than just solve legal problems. They have connections in the community. So hooking up with your lawyer earlier is a way for you to get a little bit more visibility and maybe resources in your community. You also want to have a virtual assistant. Now, this is the one where everybody box is like, uh, I don't, I don't want to spend the money on that. Before we get to the virtual assistant, I do want to just attest on the bookkeeping thing. When I first started out, the first thing I did, I felt intimidating because I didn't know about how many, like how much taxes should I put aside? Mm. What should I elect as a S-Corp? What should I do? And what I did is I had a free consultation with one of the top CPA firms in um, Orlando. They'll give you a free consultation. And I told him um, and her with a male and female team, what I was going to do. And, you know, I already was LLC, but I hadn't had my first client and he broke everything down. Mm. This is for free. And then he told me, this is what you're going to do. Cause it was October, 2017 when I stopped starting my business. I want to see how your numbers are for this last quarter. And mm. then in January, we're going to decide whether we're going to make you an escort depending on the money. Mm-hmm. So once he demystified, like he broke it down in a very tangible way. Another little sidebar any professional that you go to for advice, they should have the spirit of a teacher. You should feel enlightened after you speak to them. So after I spoke to him, I understood. I spoke to several, but him specifically, he's still my CPA um, now. 
I knew what to do. I knew the accounts to set up. I knew mm-hmm. how much I had to do. And I felt less intimidated by the process. So when you say legal team, I'm assuming like you may want to trademark things. You may not know if how to become an LLC. Yep. They want to do things like that. And again, a lot of people will either offer a free consult or a very cheap consultation for you to get the information that you need. So this is not big money. The CPA thing, they'll consult with you for free. Trademark attorney, business attorney that you may have to pay a couple hundred dollars to have. Uh, but it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. And it you were about well to talk about it. the virtual assistant, which that changed my whole life. So I'm going to let you go ahead and dive <laughs> in. That changed my whole life. Yeah. So a virtual assistant, for those who know, is another business owner, and their business is to support your business and what you want to do. Back in the day, it used to be that uh, VAs, virtual assistants, were just generalized. So you'd go to one and they'd do A to Z for you. Now it's much more specialized. So you're going to go to a virtual assistant who specializes in social media or specializes in setting up QuickBooks or specializes in writing website copy, right? So you can get very specific, which means that person's skill set is highly refined. That's the person you want because they're going to know and educate you on what it is you need to succeed right but, so but Bedina, i don't have money i don't know if i have a lot of money oh, i don't know okay. if i can consistently right. pay somebody x amount of uh, see, dollars here's the great thing about it though it's not consistently paying that's why i think delegating and using online platforms like upwork are great for people who are just starting out hallelujah say that again for the people in the back <laughs> all right just let you know, starting out, Upwork is your friend. Like, I no longer recommend Fiverr, but I still like Upwork. Why? It's on-demand work. You're not paying somebody's a salary. You're not paying overhead. You're not paying insurance. You're not paying taxes. What you're paying for is the use of their services for a specific amount of time. So you actually can afford it. And if you're somebody who has an hourly rate, so, you know, maybe your hourly rate is 50 bucks. I'll use the smallest one I could think of. If you're uh-huh. not charging 50 bucks for your services, we, we should talk. But if you're charging 50 bucks, you can find somebody on the platform who is very happy getting $10 an hour, right? So instead of you spending your two hours and it costs you $100, it's going to cost you no time because you're going to get that two hours back that now you're going to put into generating income or something else to grow your business. You're going to spend, what is it, 20 bucks and you're going to get whatever task you delegated better than you could before. And I just want to say that's the best part. Like when you get it back and it's so good, you're like, ooh, that was great. Absolutely. I got to do that again. And I would say that that you have to make sure you prepare yourself to hire so that you have yes. specific things that you know what you want them to do and you have it just broken down. Do you want to kind of touch on that a little bit? I do. I do. So what happens sometimes with entrepreneurs, largely with entrepreneurs, is that we resist, we resist, we resist hiring or outsourcing until it gets to the, oh, my God, my hair is on fire stage. Then you're looking for anybody, anybody that looks halfway decent, halfway Boo-boo the fool. Yep. For anybody. $5 in a bucket of chicken. <laughs> there you go. To just help you out. That is the bad way to do it. You are guaranteeing yourself a bad outcome. The better way to do it is to identify the task. Why is it important for you to do this task? Because that helps you stay motivated. Walk through the entire task. So first I start by doing this. Then I need this. Then I need this. Then I need this. Then I need this. And identify at every stage. This is the pre-go stage. What tools or skills that person needs to do a good job. Now, when you're first starting to do this, it's going to take a little bit of time to create what I would call a project legend, which is a story of the project. But as you do more and more, it'll get quicker and quicker. And what you're actually doing is creating your own operations manual. So the next time you want to either hire somebody outside the company, a virtual assistant, or turn it over to an internal employee, you can say, hey, here's how we do X, Y, Z. Here's the project legend. It'll walk you through not only what to do, but here's the key thing that most people forget. You want to include the steps on how to do it, but also the strategy on why. Why are we doing this this particular way? And I love that because then eventually, if this person starts to work for you long term, they'll start to anticipate your thought processes processes on things and be able to mimic it in your absence. Yep. You are creating your own mini me. Yeah. You're duplicating yourself ideally. But first, you have to 
be very specific and you have to ensure that the 1099 or the outsourced employee mm-hmm. or you get from Upwork or wherever, they're able to be a good tactician, right? And just follow right. what you say to T. And then you can right. move on well, to them being able to to implement processes. Yeah, um, I think what I'd like to say about that is you need to give them all the instructions, all the strategy, but also the authority, right? So if you don't also give them the authority to understand the brief and make changes, then you hamstring them and actually it almost requires them to come back to you with questions because you haven't given them enough leeway. So a quick example of this is my wedding. So I got married in a Victorian mansion, complete with ghosts, scary kind of. You're, you're so fancy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, I wanted to have a certain vibe. I wanted to be romantic and candlelit and roses everywhere. So I say to my florist, here is my vision. Here's what I want. Here's what I don't want. See you on the night of the wedding. And, you know, off she goes. Now, I tell her I want everyone to look beautiful by candlelight, to have this romantic, soft glow, and to be feeling like, you know, all that. And so I don't worry about it because I've now delegated. I've told her what I want. I told her what I don't want. And I've empowered her to make it happen by giving her authority. I show up at the wedding. The house looks crazy. It is Glowing with this beautiful blaze. The rooms are filled with red roses. I walk in and I got married under a huppa. And I walk in and I look at the huppa and I'm expecting to see candles. But there is not a single candle. How'd that happen? Well, turns out. Well, turns out when you're in a building that's 1,800 years old, you can't use real candlelight. So the floor is like, oh, okay, can't use real candles. We're going to get those little blinker candles that work by battery. Has the uh, same effect, right? So yeah. she knew the effect I wanted. Now, if I just said, can't, you know, I want candlelight, nothing else, and didn't empower her with authority to make some changes, I wouldn't have gotten anything, right? Because she would have been like, sorry, fire marshal says no. So yeah. you don't that. You want to give the person some leeway. You know what's coming into my mind? I'm quite sure you paid quality for that. Mm for that wedding planner. Um, I recently got married and I, I got a price, I got a pricey person. And now I'm not saying people need to pay what they can't afford, but you're going to get what you pay for. And if yes. you, you're looking for a specialist, so if you need help most with billing or if mm. you need to delegate most intake mm-hmm. um, or, you know, if you need to, whatever it is, you don't want, if you get somebody with no experience as a first hire, with no system, it's going mm. to be a hot mess. It is. Um, now, if you have systems in place and you're already a mature company, you can hire somebody with very little experience and train them up. But we're talking about the solopreneurs out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I feel like you would need a specialist, someone who you know has done the lots of billings for your type of business, mm-hmm. who are, that person is in the know with the system or CRM that you use. Yeah, and you may have to pay a little bit more for that person, but that person is going to be give you quality. Sounds mm. like your wedding planner, you weren't her first rodeo. Mm-mm. She was very <laughs> experienced, and you know I learned a lot from her. But you're exactly right. So you pay for what you you get what you pay for. If you hire somebody inexperienced, you can expect that you're going to have to spend more time training them more time monitoring their work product. And at some point you're going to have to redo the work because they're inexperienced both in their role, but also in your firm. You're inexperienced in giving direction as the leader and, you know, following that process with somebody. So there's a whole lot of inexperience going on, which (laughs) sucks up energy. Once you get to be a little bit more experienced Right. Then you can hire somebody who is a little less because, you know, more and you have a structure in place that they're already going to follow. So you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just like, follow that path. Right. Mm -hmm. And stay on that. And so you want to be able to hire. And this is just my personal preference, but it's also what I tell my clients. The And I hate to say it this way, but the most expensive person you can afford. And when I say expensive, they're expensive because they're experienced. 
right? They act as a partner to you, not just because they cost more money, but because they are investing themselves in your business in the way that you do as the leader. That's someone I want my that again. That's a part of my secret sauce. The reason I named this podcast at my business, The Unicorn Entrepreneur, is that a couple people called me that within a three-month period. I started my firm, and I started making the first two weeks, I mean, it was twelve or fourteen thousand. The next month it was twenty-four thousand, and then I like to talk numbers because women we don't talk numbers. Yeah, and then then we don't empower ourselves to understand how great and amazing we are. It's no bragging because right. I know there's attorneys uh, in groups that we belong to that make a hundred thousand dollars a month and beyond, yep. and yep. <laughs> so and so on and so forth. People make a million dollars a month. So this is not a brag, but my point is that that was more money than I made half of the year. Yeah, but when I started to tell other attorneys or other virtual business owners who were in this game for a longer time in business, they were like, I can't get past $10,000. I can't get past whatever. My secret sauce though is I was new to Florida. I was new to family law Mm -hmm. and I hired 1099s right away that were experts in family law to help me. And they educated me my zone of genius was sales. I can convert. I mm-hmm. can get the money. And then I had them help me with the work product and all of that. Yes. And then we both, we all ate off yes. of that money. And then it eventually I got so busy. I was like, I need a W2. And I did what you said, which was a good thing is we got hired anybody, which made things worse. So I learned the hard way, guys. And I want you guys <laughs> to learn the easy way. And eventually I, I now have unicorn employees and team members that make my life easy, but it, it wasn't an easy process. And I wish no. I had Dina in her wisdom and some of the things I learned back to the through fire. <laughs> uh, I wish I had this podcast back then. It would have saved me a lot of time, money and heartache. So just to give some numbers out, cause I know you like numbers. If you're looking to hire a paralegal, depending on where you're at, you know, you're between $35 and $55, maybe $65 an hour if you're in a metropolitan area for somebody who should be bringing you some experience, right? And bringing you some money. Because what yeah. I also do is I assess if there is an increase in my billable hours or my money. And this is um, this is important. Dean and I talked about it before. This works because now I have an mm-hmm. online business and you have an online business that's not a law firm. And these principles work for that. So you don't yes. have to be an attorney no. or have a law firm. This can work for a florist. This can work for mm-hmm. a dental office. This can work. This is called business principles. It works no matter what kind of business you have. Exactly so we're it. just referring to what, you know, we initially came into business as, but this can this works across the board. That's I so helped true. my brother in his um, moving business, my sister mm-hmm. in her fencing business, and it's flourished with these principles. So don't think that this is unique to law. It um, is absolutely not. It's definitely not. So, you know, I have clients who are not lawyers and they also benefit from the idea of, you know, for instance, bringing in the bookkeeper. I have one client who just hated numbers and was resisting and resisting. And finally, they bought in the bookkeeper. Turns out for years, they'd been paying some bill that they had stopped using the product. And it never occurred to them to check their own billing. They'd just been paying. So over the course of like a year, it was like 10K. The bookkeeper comes in like, what is this? Uh, and they couldn't, you know, remember what it was. They stopped paying it. Immediately, the revenues went up because she just found so many things that either they'd forgotten about or they they were getting charged more than they should have been. And since they didn't like the numbers, they never really checked. And so that's the benefit of having, you know, a professional help you in your business when you're starting out. They know what it's supposed to look like and they can help educate you so you know what it's looked like and you can make life easier. It's not supposed to be a struggle. I think that's a myth. We think we're supposed to struggle in our businesses. Why? I don't think it has to be a struggle. Well, that's a whole, that's a, you need a therapist on for that. That's a whole (laughs) nother nother, but it's true. If you know me, you know I'm obsessed with the tools and tricks to help unicorn entrepreneurs level up their businesses. Now to increase revenue, add more zeros to your bank account. It's necessary to create, nurture, and convert the tribe. I've used several email service providers and I've discovered that ConvertKit is the best by far. 
They're flexible, easy to use, and they have amazing customer service. That's not all. ConvertKit makes it super easy to give out opt-ins or lead magnets. You can also add multiple lead magnets and forms to the same list, which is awesome. ConvertKit also makes it super easy to automate emails to your tribe. Want to sign up and support this podcast? Great. Go to the show description and double-click the relevant link. Now back to the show. What I, w- I will say is that I think before you get to the delegation hiring, you have to be clear on, and we talked about this prior to mm-hmm. pressing record, you have to be clear. I like to work at least 70 to 80% of the time in my zone of genius. And it's yep. a new hot buzzword. What is that? Things that I actually enjoy and I'm really good at. And the things, the parts, mm-hmm. the aspects of my business that uh, make me feel alive and serve me. Now, this does not mean I don't do anything that I don't like because that's not reality. However, I delegate out, like for me, uh, billing was a rough one. Mm-hmm. It took so much time. It also was causing costing me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Now I have a billing person. She's a bookkeeper. She does my books and she also does my billing for a flat fee. And she more than pays for herself because yes. my bills get out. And so then I get paid versus yes. a lot of uh businesses are not getting their invoices satisfied. So you're just sitting on a lot of accounts receivable and you're not being paid. And then there's no fun in business when you're not making money because that's the point, right? (laughs) Yeah, and that ages out, right? So all those account receivables, you're like, well, I have this money because some XYZ owes me. After a while, those expire. People after like three months don't even think about the, the fact they need to pay you anymore. Then that money's just gone. So you really have to be thinking about what is my hiring strategy? When I'm starting out my new business, who can I bring into the business who is going to immediately bring me value because either they're freeing up my time or they're bringing me back more money or they're allowing me to make more money, right? And so that takes a little bit of plan. To get to that stage, you have to back up one step, though, and understand who you are as a business owner, right? And that takes... Emotional intelligence. So can I'll I tell you, you a fast example. fact? Oh, yep, you can. <laughs> this is a fast fact I think people will want to hear. Did you know that when you have high emotional intelligence, you're able to earn $29,000 more per year? Mm-mm-mm. Is that something you could obtain through therapy? <laughs> <laughs> Even asking. better, you don't need therapy. It's just about practicing. Becoming, you know, the three big skills are self-awareness, self-regulation, and social awareness. Everybody knows what self-regulation is. Is they control yourself, please. Social awareness is when you're just so good at reading the room. And most people are, but they don't take that as a real business skill. It's so good because that's how come there's so many of these podcasts and books. Being a good business person, you have to work on your ish, your junk, Mm. your self-esteem, your thought processes, your discipline, mm-hmm. your regulate, all the things that you just mentioned because it's hand in glove. Because you can't be a unicorn. You can't be, you know, heavy is the weight of the crown. You can't yes. be the CEO. You can't be the boss, the boss babe, the boss. And you're not emotionally intelligent. You're not organized. You're not disciplined. You're not, mm-hmm. because the business is going to be a reflection of you. Yes. Let's that go. Is so <laughs> we went all the way there, huh? So I completely agree. I want to actually move on. I think that we've made good points about hiring. And again, you know, you have a online course, there's ways to work with you. And we'll talk about that toward the end. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about firing because then there's, a, there's yeah. people out there listening who did what I've been guilty of. And I think a lot of solopreneurs who are very uh, busy and you just mm-hmm. nervously hire the first person because you're just in a, a distress. Panic state. You're just panicked. You're like, panicked. I cannot do this anymore. I, I need to have somebody right now. And as long as the person is somewhat reasonable, you'll say yes to them. And then what's worse is you get attached to them. So now you've convinced yourself in your mind that I have this person and I have to keep them no matter what because I don't know what will happen if I let them go. Will I get somebody else? Will I be back in that terrible space where I was stuck? And it's the worst, worst feeling. So I know lots of people have gotten to this place where they've hired someone and now they just can't let go. Either because they don't like to be in conflict with somebody else 
They're afraid of the, what the other person's going to say. They're afraid the other person's not going to like them. They don't know what words to say. I totally get all of that. Here's the thing you need to just shift your perspective about firing. First of all, I never say that word. No one ever gets fired. Just go with the visual on that for a second. You're like <laughs> on a pyre, and then someone hits the match, and poof, you're fired, right? That's horrible. Nobody wants that. We've all been fired, so we know what that experience is like. So you need to flip and make it a different experience. I talk about releasing people, right? <laughs> well, even the, the, the difference, fire and releasing, like the, there's one sounds different. Like I release you to go be great elsewhere versus yes. a rejection, right? I, yes. I, I definitely like that. Before we get into the releasing of people are not a good fit. I think it's very important that, and this is a huge thing that we do in this podcast, unicorn entrepreneurs, we do difficult things well. That's Mm -hmm. why you're a unicorn. When you are a CEO and you have a business, Mm -hmm. and this is for women, because that's what my, this is what the unicorn entrepreneur is about. The point of your business is to make money. Mm. You are responsible for the economic health of your business. That is number one. If you are not making money or losing money, having a a team member who's not a good fit, either culturally or just practically, like not doing the things that they're hired to do, then you are dishonoring yourself. Mm. And there is a self-esteem issue going on. There is a Mm. value issue going on. And If you're not able to do difficult things well, then you need to be an employee and not a CEO. And I'm not saying that in a mean way, but you have to learn to do difficult things well. You're going to have to release people. And then some people, if you think about it, they have said, some of the gurus in the world and the most successful people, that the best things that ever happened to them or some of the best things that being fired from a job that wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. Because it released them into their true passion or what was what God has for them next. So what do you want to say on that? I want to say that one, you know, the way to feel better about releasing people is to have a clear expectation, understanding of who is an ideal employee for you. Mm-hmm. So that's the cultural piece. What things do I need this person to have? Who do I need them to be is the most important question. Do I need them to be honest? Do I need them to be full of integrity? And what and what does those words mean? Because we just use them and throw them around, but you have to have a deeper meaning because that informs who you're going to hire. So you have to you know, identify who's my ideal employee. And you have to be clear about your expectations, right? And this takes a little soul searching. So when you say, I want somebody who's going to do a good job, what does that really mean, right? Does that mean they do the work proficiently? Or does that mean that they do the work and they have a passion for it? Does it mean they do the work and they cover you and protect you? You've got to be able to articulate what that means. Otherwise, if you can't say what it is, you absolutely can't get it. So you have to spend some time saying, like, what do I need this person to be to me and to my company? Who do I want my company to be? Do I want us to be generous and kind and really well-skilled? Think about that. What is my mission for my employees, right? Well, you have to think about that at hiring. And yes. when I hire, I have core competencies that have nothing. Well, I'll give some of my core competencies. And I actually rate for that while I interview. Yep. And then when I do my performance reviews, I rate for that. And then... If someone is not doing well to my satisfaction, they would know because they would have performance reviews that say that they're below yes. exceptional because that's what, what the expectation is. And then they'll be let go, but it wouldn't be, it, it shouldn't be a shock to them. And that means you're not managing no. well. So a couple no. of my core competencies is honesty, mm-hmm. result-oriented, detail-oriented, mm-hmm. self-starter, and competent. I have more, but those are just some that have, those have nothing to do with the nuts and bolts of being on my team, but that's a cultural thing. If you're not- Core value, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to know what yours are. And you also got to know when you've had trauma. So this is the other thing I see in business owners is that something has happened to you bad and you either don't deal with it or you partially deal with it, but you carry it into all your leadership. 
right? So maybe somebody lied to you and stole from you in a prior business. In your next business, every system you create has to be about you having total transparency, you know, knowing exactly what's happening every second of the day, really just a control and command environment. Why? Because you had that earlier trauma. So if you're like out of sorts with your team and you're wondering why, hey, why aren't we getting along? It might be that some of your trauma is getting in the way. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. I shared with you when we were talking a little bit before we hit record that I came to a point where I started to think that I no longer wanted to have my law firm. Mm. And it's because I had a, I would just say a toxic employee. I didn't see it as that. So my hires prior to this particular person were great personality wise, great cultural fit, but they were not good practically Mm. with the nuts Mm -hmm. and bolts of you know, things that you need to do for the position. But I love them and my friends. I think they're amazing. So then I I went to the extreme. I hired someone with 20 years of experience and she could do it in her sleep. But her personality, even Mm -hmm. I had clients who were saying that she was a little too rough around the edges. Mm. She was a little, there's a little too much of a bite. Mm. And I didn't enjoy speaking with her. It was too, it was too much. So it got to a point where I just thought, I started feeling in my body, oh, I don't think, I think I'm done. But when I let her go or release her, and I have two unicorn team members now, I re-fell in love with the business. So sometimes being around people who aren't good fits, who Mm -hmm. drain your energy, who aren't listening, you have to repeat yourself multiple times. I like, I just woke up one day and I said, self, this is my business. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the boss and I signed the checks. That's and right. you got to go. And I had and it, confidence that I'd be able to replace her right. with someone better. And what I actually did is I started the hiring process before I released her. Yep. And once I knew I had a couple people that I really liked, I released her and I was able then to onboard the new the new team members. So yep. I didn't leave myself up a paddle without a creek. Sometimes you have to. Do you right. have anything to say on that? Yeah, I think that the way that you planned it out was perfect. I mean, you certainly can take the time to give the feedback to the um, team member that some things have to change. And I know that's part of what scares people about firing. It's like, I don't want to have to give you the feedback that I wouldn't have to give you before I have to fire you. So I'm just not doing any of it. But here's a way to give feedback so that it feels good to you and it feels good to the person. Instead of just saying you did X, Y, Z wrong, you filed that thing wrong, you've been answering the phone wrong, I take an observational approach, which is, hey, when I hired you and I onboarded you, a key thing that most small business owners forget to do, but it is the critical if you want to have a successful hire, When I onboarded you, I told you the best way for us to intake clients is X, Y, Z. I noticed over the last few weeks you've been doing A, B, C. I know I don't know everything that goes on in the office. So help me understand why you're doing it differently, right? Mm. Because that's inviting that person to a conversation. It's respecting their perspective because maybe there is a reason why they're not doing it the way you told them. And then once you hear the reason, you're free to say, sorry, I have to insist that you do it the way we talked about. And here's the reason why. Uh It doesn't have to be a big emotional thing. It's a fact finding and a curiosity thing. You don't need to blame somebody because blame does not help anybody learn anything. Except don't let anybody else find out you made a mistake. Right? I love that. That's just so good. To piggyback off that, I always take responsibility because it's on me. So I always take that approach that you said, but I always say that, is there something I'm not doing? Yeah. Am I not, do you need more training? Yeah. Um, do you need me to implement a different system? Help me be an effective mm-hmm. leader for you. So I think that that is so good. But as far as firing, fire fast, hire slow. And I, I mm-hmm. fire fast. The minute you start getting that feeling, some people are like, oh, but it's Christmas or this and that. Yeah. I believe the universe, I believe God will take care of that yeah. person, yeah. how you honor that person who no longer serves you and you no longer serve them is you make sure that you are giving them constant feedback to yeah. not say something and just fire somebody. I think that that there's an integrity incorrect. issue there. Yeah. That's incorrect yeah. way to do it. And it will come back to bite you, right? You thought this person was a good fit for your business for whatever reason they weren't. 
That's fine. Help them go on to their next role after you release them in a good way. Help them understand what did not work for you or things that you notice that they can improve on so they go to the next place. You know, we think that people don't talk about us. They do when they leave. They will be the first person to say, well, you know, it was a crap job and she was a crap boss anyway. Um, wouldn't you rather someone say, yeah, I just, it didn't work out, but she really treated me nice and I learned blank, blank, blank. Um, to me, that's none of my business because I think there's some people out there that will no matter what say something negative. And mm-hmm. so you have to just, I always treat people the way in which I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes things don't work out and you have to do the right thing. And also here's the thing, when it gets to the point where you're thinking about firing someone, you're not happy, the way in which you treat them is going to change your feelings towards them. They're going to sense that. And there may be even gossip in the office because you're talking about so-and-so about this person's work. It becomes toxic. You have to have Mm -hmm. integrity. You should be talking directly to that person. No triangulating. (laughs) Yeah, so that's so good. I think you have to fire fast and, you know, release them. The universe will take care of them. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Last point that I wanted to talk about is that you're, again, the outsourced delegation guru. And I want you to kind of tell me the difference between outsourcing and delegation and then also kind of deep dive in how you help people do that and what offers you have. My favorite topic. So (laughs) often we use the two words interchangeably, outsourcing and delegation, but they're not exactly the same thing. So outsourcing is simply asking somebody else outside or inside your business. So externally using a freelance or a virtual assistant, internally using your team to help you achieve a goal. That's all you're doing when you're outsourcing is asking for help to achieve a goal. The way that you affect that change is by delegating. So by delegating, you are giving them instructions in terms of step-by-step instructions, strategy, and tools to help them be successful so they can achieve that result for you. That's the difference. The way that you make sure that somebody understands is not by saying, do you understand? Because who wants to say no? I didn't get it. Nobody wants to say that. So the way that you make sure that either your teammate internally or your talent externally understands, as you ask them to say, what are the next three things you're going to do to achieve this goal? Right? Then either they know and they're telling you and you know because you're hearing the right answers, they're good to go. Or you hear the mistake and you're like, oh, okay, well, let me just clarify right now for you. I love this. This is so, this is awesome because what I have found is that a lot of my students, people I am training up on how to make more money, how to make their first six figures, they just want to abdicate. Even when you Mm. hire that unicorn employee, there has to be a system and you have to check in, you have to manage. Managing Mm. is a job. (laughs) And you cannot abdicate it completely. You can't walk away from it. You have to be, and I say this all the time to my my folks, my clients, is you have to be engaged, but not involved, right? Involved means that you're part of the process, which means you didn't delegate, which means you you know defeated your purpose in the first place. If you're engaged, means you know what's going on. You haven't come done a dump and dash, which is what most people do. Like here, do this, I'm out. Uh, you can't do that. You have to stay engaged. You have to be available for questions. You have to invest the time in the front part to actually set things up so they can be successful by doing the project legend. Um, by really outlining your strategy for that and helping the person by giving them the tools they need. And that's part of what I talk about in Delegation Made Simple. It's an online course that walks you step-by-step through the five steps you have to have to actually get a good result when you're delegating. Because delegation is not hard, but it really helps to know the right steps, the right attitudes to take, uh, how to prepare somebody, give feedback, and to set expectations. And for folks who are either new to business or just were trained not to like leading, it really helps you get into a better place where you're comfortable. It doesn't feel so awkward that you're leading somebody through this process to help you. So there's uh, I that love course. that. I definitely see a value in online courses, the right ones. If you're mm-hmm. feeling like, because I've taken one uh, or two that have been very helpful. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand how to do something, you keep on having a bad result. Don't be crazy and keep on doing <laughs> things that's not working. You know, I think this is a good place to start as far as finding out 
how to delegate, how to outsource? And even do you help people learn like how to interview effectively and onboard effectively? Do you assist with that? We talk a lot about onboarding and how to ask the right questions to make sure you're getting the right treats that you want. That's all part of a hiring plan. And that's a strategic and service that I offer to business owners where we actually sit down and do some of the mindset work and you set down your values and goals. Then we step through the process and we create your yardstick so that you always have a tool that you can measure and a candidate by to say, yeah or no. And then we walk through the onboarding process. Okay, what do I got to do to get this person to understand my culture of my business or my firm, be integrated and fit in with everybody else and how do I help them do their best work the thing is most people want to fire at six months you know you go through that probationary period the 90 days and most people are looking to fire because like hey then I don't have the unemployment insurance that's the wrong attitude to take you want to be so well prepared in terms of your onboarding process and your hiring process that that 90 days is just a little bit of tweaking so that that person gets up to speed that much faster and begins generating revenue for you. So that's the right way to approach it. And we take that um, strategy and teach it to you in a hiring plan. So you leave with your plan all set up and you're ready to go. And you have it year after year after year. It's serving you, making sure you get the best people and you grow faster. I love that. That's so awesome. I want to tell you how come you're a unicorn. What makes you a unicorn? You're oh. a unicorn... Dina, because you are so wise and self-aware and mm. you spend your life empowering others how to, with the knowledge, how to better themselves. Mm. And you just a ray of light. And oh. also, I think everybody needs to learn to delegate, outsource, mm-hmm. and make more money. You cannot scale and then you cannot have a business that functions without you in it without mastering the art of delegation and outsourcing you have a pdf that you've provided us that that's going to be in the show notes um also we're going to reference do you have a website that i do different can you let us know what your web how to find you where to find you all the good stuff happy (laughs) to do it so my website is outsourceeasier.com I'm actually offering a free mini class on September 8th. Oh, the top, <laughs> yeah, the top three things to delegate now during COVID. And people can find that at outsourceeasier.com forward slash delegate hyphen right hyphen now. Uh, it's a 30 minute mini course where we're going to talk about the three things that you should absolutely be delegating right now. Awesome. And any other place we can find you if we're looking for you? If you love hearing a Wednesday what now, I mean a Tuesday what now, join me on LinkedIn. And you can find my page, Outsource Easier, on Facebook. Oh my God, thank you so much for blessing the podcast with your Mm. wisdom and your light. I just love you to pieces and wish nothing but the best for you. So I'm so excited to get this out to my audience and uh, to be respectful of your time we're going to wrap up now Uh, let's go get them unicorns have a good time want to be a part of a community of amazing women unicorns crushing it in life and business then head over to our private facebook community the unicorn entrepreneur it's free and fabulous The benefits are plentiful, community of forward-thinking women, access to me. And if you're enjoying the conversations we're having here on the podcast, we continue some of those conversations and we deep dive. We look forward to serving you. Let's go get them, unicorns. Unicorns.